Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back to another episode of Shock Therapy brought to you by the Say It Again Network. I'm Tyler Lawrence. With me, as always, my co-host. How are you doing, Zach? You know what? You know, just trying to transition with the daylight savings. I always hate these this first week of daylight savings with no darkness or all this darkness. It's um, so dark. It's weird. It's just so weird. I it, And it just takes, you know, we're creatures of habit, so you just flip us you give us one less hour uh it's weird it's that's my whole routine off um either way glad we got to see the chargers win um excited for this game upcoming hopefully with all this covid craziness coming in minnesota uh we actually get a game so i'm, I'm just minnesota, I, I don't really has know how to... minnesota has some weird stuff going on you hear everything coming out about dalvin cook yeah the, the this whole situation, um, really crazy, really crazy. It's, yeah, they got a lot well, going on, and then they got a they got a guy in the emergency room um, with COVID right now. Five oh, other. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, let me see. What is his name? Dakota. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, well, I'm got... looking. I don't see it Dakota on the Dozier. injury report. Dakota Dozier, ESPN That's reported. I don't even know who that is, man. That's he, totally he's a lineman, COVID-19. One of five total Vikings currently on COVID um, in COVID protocols on the list from since this week. Um, and they, I want to say Mike Zimmer and then 29 other people in that organization are, are currently uh, getting daily tests because they were in contact with uh, with those guys. So it, it's a crazy it's crazy to monitor moving forward because they potentially, um, depending on how many of those players are vaccinated and unvaccinated uh, could potentially forfeit this game this weekend. This is a very, very interesting turn of events. I mean, I'm just looking at their ESPN depth chart and I see IR, 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 questionable, out, questionable, all over. I mean, they are really beat up. I guess well, we'll I, get into uh, it here in a little bit. I, I kind of want to cover the, this Chargers game. Uh, the Chargers beat the Eagles 27-24. Back Justin in the wing Herbert, 
Justin Herbert went off 32 for 38, 356 yards passing, two touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. Oh, yeah, he was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Hell, yeah. And definitely what a, rebound. a great day. Yeah, definitely a needed rebound for sure. And I, I know it's the Eagles defense, but I don't want to hear any of that. Herbert was easily the best player to touch field on the link this past weekend. And what a rebound after putting two easily his two worst games of his career together. Then to come out and have that performance, only six incompletions. That's an 84% completion rate, the highest of his career. Um, I, we have a legit cl- closer in Justin Herbert. And I love Phillip Rivers, but that's kind of my biggest knock on him is he couldn't close out games. And there were so many times where we need three points. Um, and you just throw a game-ending interception. We have a legitimate closer in Justin Herbert, and I think that's what makes this kid so elite. You talk about the arm. You talk about the athleticism. He has so much composure when the game's on the line, and I think with him under center, our six-minute offense has been so impressive. I love this new mentality of we want to finish the game with the football, and I think that has everything to do with the trust the coaching staff has in Herbert and the trust his teammates have in him. And at this point, I think Herbert deserves every bit of that respect because he was absolutely on fire on Sunday. After week 10, Justin Herbert currently ranks sixth in the quarterback rankings. That's up three spots from last week. I mean, in eight games, he's got 23-50 pass, 18 touchdowns to six interceptions. He's got two rushing touchdowns. The only knock that I have on him is a 66.1 completion percentage. But most of that was over the last two weeks where he really wasn't playing uh, all that well. And I, I think that the offense just found found a way to get out of its groove from the early part of the season. Uh, just kind of going over what, what the NFL Network had to say. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Herbert at, the, at his best this season playing deep inside of the structure. His time to throw and average depth of target numbers were incredibly low against the Eagles. But that was allowing short throws. This isn't an entertaining use of Herbert's gifts, but it was incredibly effective in the win at Philly. And he always mixes in that Herbertian play to keep fans engaged. But really, honestly, a lot of these throws are, are um, they're, they're very short throws. And, and I think I saw a stat somewhere where he's actually throwing to his first read more than any quarterback in the league. Like his, this offense is so much predicated on getting the ball out to your first target, like pre-snap, knowing who to go to right away. And there always seems to be these little curl routes or this little quick throw out into the flats to Jared Cook or whatever it is. And, you know, ultimately you have a guy with a huge arm, like a big arm, and we're playing him a little too much like Drew Brees. And granted, this week at work, 32 of 38, right? Like, he was definitely completing passes early and often, uh, but I, I, you're just not seeing the Chargers really air it out quite as much. I mean, Jalen Guyton has been a completely non-factor this whole season, yeah. and you know Mike Williams hasn't been the deep threat that he was in previous seasons. Granted, it's working. I don't want to change the formula, but it is a little interesting to, to look at the, the Chargers' um, uh, passing concepts and just how, I guess, boring it gets over time, you know, not being well, seeing quite as many of those big shots. You know, I'll take boring in a win any day. And I think oh, a lot sure. of it has to come, you know, they're taking what the defense gives them. 
right? If they're going to give us these nickel and dimes over the middle, we're going to take them 100% of the time. And he, Herbert's absolutely elite uh, when given those opportunities. And I, I like it. You know, it, it's it's a way to open these teams up for the future into the playoffs. We're going to take what's in front of us. And trust us, as soon as you start to slack off in your defense and you want to come play the runner, you want to come play the short pass, we have – playmakers and we have the quarterback to throw it deep so it's just a matter of time before we start taking more deep shots before we start executing on these deep plays but at this point defenses are going to play us deep i say we just nickel and dime them over the middle and that and that's what we've been doing keenan allen what i mean only 12 receptions only 100 yards but every single one of those was necessary it kept drives alive it moved the chains uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take those. You know, we don't have the home runs, but I'll take singles and RBI singles all day. It was the first game uh, Keenan Allen had 12 receptions since Week 10 of last season, and I well, just kind of went into PFF's um, Twitter account and and I googled or I twittered whatever you want to put in the search <laughs> bar, right? Uh, Justin Herbert and PFF only quarterback without a turnover worthy play under pressure this I season. Saw that. Justin Herbert. Uh, 83.4 PFF grade fourth among quarterbacks in week nine. And then here's one of the, the more interesting ones I saw. Uh, he's recorded a perfect 158.3 passer rating under pressure in week nine. Like that's just insane Ooh. production. There's, there's a reason Justin Herbert won AFC player of the week last, last week. And it was phenomenal to see. Well-deserving, well-deserving. And yeah, we needed it. We needed to get back in the win column and what better way to do that than, you know, have one of our best players have an outstanding performance. I love to see it. It was great. And then we just talked about Keenan Allen. It's the, the really, I think, the first, like, big game that we've seen of him this, this season. He's been productive, but yeah. 12 on 13 targets, that's insane. Caught all 12, 104 yards. He's never been the, the real big play threat. He's been the reliable third down, you know, when you need it, but... It's nice to see him kind of come up again. And then we had how many different players catch a pass? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, Donald Parham. Even Steven Anderson was making some some pretty big yeah. plays there. That tight end screen that basically put the Chargers in position for that touchdown uh, in, in the red zone. It, it's just nice to see the Chargers just get back rolling, like get this momentum we need to, to push into this really easy part of the season for us where – this is where we're going to win our divisions over these next four or five games for sure. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you touched on Steven Anderson. Cause I just wanted to talk about the tight end group in general. I thought they had an amazing day as a, as a group collectively caught all 11 targets sent their way for 126 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, cook, I, I think we are seeing cook was a good, value signing for us he's no hunter henry but he's a good productive player and he's been developing a nice rapport with justin herbert these last couple weeks like herbert is showing his trust in that guy and they're just yeah they're starting to click more than really we're seeing from mike williams right now keenan and allen allen and herbert are on the same page but i think after those guys it's cook and herbert who have the most chemistry um you know cook didn't score a touchdown but that two-point conversion Super important. The other three catches, just as important. And I thought Donald Parham, um, he's showing us he could be a legit tight end one if he needs to be next season. And when called upon, he's just so productive. That touchdown where he just shrugs off Darius Slay with just a nasty stiff arm. I thought that was one of the best plays 
all day. And then you were talking about it. Steven Anderson, my preseason darling, caught his first touchdown of the day, first touchdown of his Chargers career. Uh, you know, he's on this roster because of his blocking ability. He's proved he's a little more than that. And I thought I loved what we, we got from our tight ends in this game. Keenan, Mike Williams combined 18 targets between the two of them. But I like being getting more people involved. Like you said, nine people caught nine different Chargers got a pass in this game. That's a trend I'd like to see continued uh, to continue moving forward. I mean, even Josh Palmer got himself two catches, uh, which go. was nice. The the one area where the Chargers kind of took a, a step back was in their, their rushing, right? Austin Eckler mm. is the only productive back on this roster right now. It, it's it's terrible to see because we really need Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree to pick up some slack. Now, neither of them carried the rock very many times, four, four carries for seven yards. Uh, but if if something happens to Austin Eckler, I'm like yeah. legit concerned uh, that we don't have a back that can take that up. I mean, when is, when is Justin Jackson going to be healthy at any point this season? No, I think, well, and it's so... It's so frustrating to say that, but I think, you know, if not, not only do I think his career in LA is coming to an end, I think he's coming to a close on his NFL career because the guy just can't stay on the field. You you can't have a football player. You can't pay a football player who doesn't play football. Like he's not there. Um, And he's talented when he is, but yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't have any faith in him getting back on the field. And, and if he can, I just don't see him being productive because he's just been, you know, hampered with injury after injury. It's definitely not been good, and it is concerning. It is something to continue to monitor because there isn't very much out on the free agency market. Your no. top three uh, offensively graded players in the Eagles game, Matt Filer, who is just a dog. Uh, he he, even, even with the lack, I mean, we only averaged 3.3 yards per carry. He is still mauling over people. And then right underneath him, Rayshon Slater, 83.7. And then Justin Herbert, how are you only getting 83.2 uh, offensive grade with a, a day like he had? Yeah, it, It's a little weird to see. Defensively, uh, Kaiser White, 91.4 grade. I mean, he's on track to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL this season. Yeah, and he's, he's quietly right. doing it. Like He's not in the media for anything that he's doing, which is surprising to see. I think this is like second or third over 90 grade. Uh, Linval Joseph showed out like oh, yeah. big time. He had he had six stops, defensive stops, and he's second in the NFL among defensive interior linemen. Who And it's crazy to think how bad the Chargers run game is with a player who's playing really well right there in the middle. Now the stats don't st- stick out to you. But he really is all over the field for for an interior defensive lineman and a, a true nose tackle to just yeah. be everywhere like he is. Super athletic for his size. And then Uchenna Nwosu, 72.7. I, I, don't, I don't get why the Chargers' run defense is so bad. I seriously think it's just all Jerry Tillery. Like, the entire <laughs> issue, it's Jerry Tillery. And he was the fifth highest graded defender which is weird to see because the Chargers really prevented the Eagles from having any sort of good day on defense, especially through the air. I mean, Jalen Hurts threw the ball just 17 times, 11 completions. Granted, 11 completions for 162 yards. They were pushing the field ball down the field, but it was mm-hmm. all Devontae Smith. 
Devontae Smith had five of those receptions for 116 yards. Devontae Smith had 116 out of their 162 total passing yards. He was their entire uh, passing game. Like, he was everything to them. Jordan and Howard. On a day where both our top two corners were out. And where we lost another corner in Ryan Smith to an injury. For the so, season, yeah. He's out yeah. with an ACL tear. Terrible, terrible season for him from the start of preseason to now. I think he only played like three games. Yeah, rough, rough. And not even starting, right? Like, you know, he was fourth on the depth chart. And he came in. It was the only game that he was really going to get a chance to really get any significant playing time and uh, goes down with it. A terrible knee injury. Yeah, so unfortunate. Uh, the Chargers still struggled to stop the run. Jordan Howard, 17 carries, 71 yards. Jordan Howard hasn't been relevant in like at least three seasons, right? Well, he was on their practice squad, too, before... Um, he was just recently activated off of their practice squad when Miles Sanders got demoted to the injury reserve. So he hasn't even been on this roster for more than two weeks. And the two back-to-back games he's right back into fellow uh, at least fantasy relevance i don't know nfl relevance but he's he's being productive in his you know in the, in the carries that he is getting uh chargers allowed like i said 176 yards most of those were to jalen hurts through quarterback scramble some design runs which i'm not too concerned about i mean he had 10 carries for 62 yards but we're still i mean averaging over what 160 yards rushing a game like when is this going to stop? This is what's preventing us from being true Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. Well, and it's like 30 yards more per game than the next closest team. The Houston Texans are giving up 130 a game. We're giving up 160. It, it, insane. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. When we're having so much success, Like we're not giving up a whole lot of points, right? But, yeah, it's just so frustrating to watch. Um I mean, that's that's how you beat the Chargers. You you run the ball down her throat and keep the ball out of Herbert's hand. And like I said, when you've got Linval Joseph, who's playing still pretty high-level football there. It's on so the bizarre, interior. isn't it? It's and so bizarre. Kaiser White's been balling out. Like, that's your – you have two really good box defenders there. You also have Derwin James, who plays exceptional in the box. Where – where what is it, the edges? It's – it's Jerry Tillery. I'm telling you. So, and I think you're right because I mean, and even with getting Justin Jones back, he hasn't made any type of impact on the box score. I think he's only has like three tackles between this game and last week, but he is making a difference. Oh, for they're sure. Not, they're not able to run through his hole as easily as they are Jerry Tillery's. Um, so he is making a difference. He, yeah, I, I, but I, I I agree with you. Tillery is a major major liability against the run. You know, it's crazy. I There's one play that stands out to me on Justin Jones, and everybody knows what I'm going to say because everybody saw it. It was on the goal line, and this guy shot so quickly through the gap, didn't make the tackle, really just was super disruptive and really like caused that, that play to get tackled by, I think it was like Tillery or something like that. But he shot so quickly through that gap. Like he wanted that sack so bad so bad and he got through it was just it was remarkable to see if we had four other players on defensive line doing that oh my gosh that'd be terrifying terrifying and I think a lot of that has to do with you know he hasn't 
had that chance all season, right? I think he was kind of just, you know, having hungry. The, hungry, but I think it was a little just like overzealous, right? He kind of overpursued, and I think you give him that next chance, he does the same thing. He's burying that guy in the backfield for a tackle for loss. I, I just think it's going to be something. We're going to see that explosiveness again. I don't think we're going to see the over pursuit that he had because he just got up. He got upfield a little too much. I'd like to see him he get did, past the line and throttle down. And that's what I'm saying. His his technique has a little abandoned him a little bit because I he hasn't been playing. It's a, it's yeah. A, it's week two it for him. And I'm I'm excited to see because he hadn't practiced in like four, five, six weeks. I'm excited yeah. to see him get back into his groove. I mean, he was mic'd up. Uh, he I was, loved it. He was talking a lot, and I just I want to see. Also, he cut his hair. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, he's missing some of the uh, little, I like to call them little mini dreads or whatever, the little twisties, right? Twist, yeah. Either way, balling out and an impact, right? For the offense, being those emotional leaders, I, I just love so much. And I don't think you could, you know, they don't get enough credit. He had one tackle, but he was a major, major influence in this game. Just take a look at the mic'd up footage and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I, w- I want to take a look. Uh, I'll, I'll do it for the next pod. I want to see where are all the Chargers rushing yards coming from? Is it the A gap? Is it the B gap? Is it? I want I want to see where it's at because I just feel like our box defenders are not that bad. I see a big hole at our three-tech defensive tackle, which is where Justin Jones is going to be taking over. But I still think Kaiser White has been an above average run defender. I feel like... Uh, uh, Drew Tranquil is a, a pretty good run defender. We know Linval Joseph is clogging holes there. Derwin James gets on the line. It seems like we should not be nearly as bad as we are at well, that spot. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it's, it has to be one one place, right? Well, Maybe it's now, the edges a little bit. I don't know. I don't think it is. And what I really think it is is just a consistency issue. We make plays. We make a play a good positive run defense play. But for that, the offense will rebuttal with two or three productive plays themselves. That'll kind of negate it. And it's these chunk runs. We will get a tackle for loss, but we're going to give up two back-to-back six-plus-yard runs right after. So I think that's my most frustrating part about this this team. We'll make a play, but then right after, it'll just abandon us and we'll just get beat down after that so i think it's a consistency thing we're making plays every once in a while i just would like to see it uh you know keep up through second third down all the way to and that that's the biggest thing i thought for us our third down defense was horrible against the eagles i i I thought i really thought it was they went eight for 12 66.7 percent on third down conversions uh jalen hurts only had 17 pass attempts but he completed 11 of those, and I think a lot of those went for first downs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see us do a better job of getting people off of the field on third down, and I think a lot of that has to do with we're flashing. We're just not consistently doing it from first down to third down and getting it off the field. I, I think we have flashes. We're just not putting it all together. I don't know. It's something that I want to continue to monitor uh, this coming week, the Chargers play the Vikings at SoFi Stadium. It'll be at 1.05 p.m. You can watch the game on Fox. I will actually be at this game, which I'm stoked about. This nice. is this weekend is my wedding anniversary, so we're going to spend a whole weekend out in L.A., make a little trip out of it. We're going to Six Flags on Friday. Well, uh, we got the gonna... Vikings coming to town, so I think a skull 
is appropriate. Second like school. I'm not school. drinking beer, beer, but I, I got a little soda here, so I'll, I'll, I'll cheers to you. Well, yeah, that's a that's a quite a, a what do you call it? Not an achievement, but it is. It's my one year anniversary. It's our first big anniversary. Uh, it's my wife's first game. I've been taking a lot of uh, friends and family members to games. This is her first game, so I'm stoked to bring her to this. Uh, take her through Thunder Alley. Uh, it'll be a good time, and you know, it's you know, I'm glad that she decided to to go to a football game on our anniversary because I was <laughs> not expecting her to be like, yeah, let's go and do that. That's but sweet, I'm pretty yeah. stoked about it. Uh, the Vikings are three and five. They 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 that don't let that record fool you. I mean, this team can still play with anybody. They they took the Ravens down to the final seconds basically uh, last week. Um, the Chargers are five and three, so you got a little flip there in the record. Um, overall, I, I feel like the Vikings' strength is in their run game, but they do have two solid pass catchers. I mean, Justin Jefferson should have been rookie of the year if not for Justin Herbert because he had a phenomenal season last year. He's also coming off a really good season this year. Adam Thielen, just just as good. But then their strength is Dalvin Cook in the run game. Um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play this week, but depending on what happens with his uh, legal issues that he's dealing with right now, some um, I think it's a uh, domestic case domestic yeah. abuse domestic violence case yeah. a little interesting to see because it's kind of hitting on on both sides uh kirk cousins is a fine average top 12 to 15 quarterback he's nothing special but he's the ultimate game manager for them yes uh, christian derisaw hasn't had the greatest season this year uh but he i mean he's a we liked him you know we wanted him on the chargers if he potentially fell to us at uh, 13. Uh, Ezra Cleveland is a pretty good guard. Garrett Bradbury's out. So we will see Mason Cole. Uh, I don't know who their rest of their offensive line is, but they, they have some weapons on offense. Um, their injury report is kind of concerning. Yeah. Uh, for one, you talked about all the players on COVID, but all those COVID aren't even on their injury report. Anthony Barr did not practice. Rashad Breeland, who we're familiar with with his time with the Chiefs, uh, he was a limited go. Uh, Cameron Dantzler, the cornerback, is a limited practice. Harrison Han, another corner, limited. Uh, Eric Kendricks was a full practice. He'll likely play. Um, and then you got Michael Pierce, uh, who did not practice defensive tackle. He had, he's got an elbow issue. Again, I don't know all the players that are dealing with the COVID issues. Uh, I haven't really monitored it all that much. The Chargers have some concerns on their injury report. Uh, Nasir Adderley and Keenan Allen did not practice. I don't know to the extent of their injuries. We'll have to wait till later in the week to, to really find out. Uh, Steven Anderson was a full go. Uh, Michael Davis didn't practice. Aloy Gilman's got a limited practice with a, an ankle injury. Uh, Justin Jackson, I mean, he's not even important to this offense anyways. <laughs> Uh, Trey Marshall was a limited. Uh, Sante Samuel is going to be good to go. He's coming back from that concussion. And then Ryan Smith just hit IR. Uh, so overall, I think we have some key players. Keenan Allen for one and Nasir Adderley for two are, are the two that I'm most worried about. Um, Michael Davis, I mean, it's nothing concerning. Maybe it's just still resting him. Hopefully he makes it back this week. And then Sante's back. So I'm not too concerned. 
he was back at practice, but I know he's still in concussion protocol. So whether or not he'll be ready to go Sunday, I'm not exactly sure. Um, health wise, it's been two weeks, so it, who knows, right? Well, I, I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm not as you know well versed in that rule. It, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, and um, I just know he's still in concussion protocol because that's what that's what Staley said at least this today. And then they have a bunch of players on IR. They got Daniel Hunter in IR. They got Patrick Peterson, who's on IR. Oh, Bissy Johnson, Blake Prohl, Chad B- Beebe, um, Nate Stanley, Earth Smith Jr. still on IR. Uh, they, they, they got a lot of players that are um, – it's probably why the reason they're three and five. They're just really struggling to, to you know, push through those close games overall. Well, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? All of those losses were close games. Um, yeah, they're right in there. They're a competitive team. They're just not figuring out a way to get it done. And to me, that is so scary because they are a hungry team that's close, that has has just had victories snatched out of their mouths. So, yeah. And those are teams that, um, you know, the Chargers historically have struggled against. Um, hungry. That's true undeserving teams looking to make a name for themselves and right now at the nfc you know playoff race uh i don't see minnesota vikings uh, as an organization writing themselves off they believe in themselves they're a football team you know you don't come out every day uh without confidence so i think this could potentially be a difficult matchup where you could see us kind of try to play down to an opponent's level um, when they're a little more hungry than us. I don't want to see that happen because at this point, all of these games are winnable. And with how tight our division is, how tight the AFC playoffs look like they're going to end up, we need every win we can get. So this is not a team uh, we need to be slacking off. This is not a team we need to play down to because they are much, much better than their 3-5 record suggests. What what do you think are the keys to beating their offense? Keys to beating their offense, so stopping their offense. Yeah. So I I think you 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 nailed it. I think slowing down Dalvin while also trying to force Kirk Cousins into making some mistakes. And I think it's it's very obvious Dalvin is the engine that makes the Vikings go. And we talked about the allegations of assault. I don't really want to get into that too much. I mean, I there's not enough information out to take a stance on this particular issue. But what I do want to say is these charges are serious. I don't think domestic violence abusers have any place in football or professional sports in general. Um, So I hope the NFL does do its due diligence in gathering all the facts and making the proper decision in response. Now, with that being said, the NFL is a reactionary league. They're not going to keep a player from playing, especially of Dalvin's caliber unless they absolutely need to. So I, I think he's most likely going to play. I'm just hoping that this distraction surrounding him kind of keeps him, you know, off his game a little bit. Uh, our struggles against the run, I think, are well known at this point. But I think being able to turn, make the Vikings turn the ball over is going to be very, very important in this game. Because like you said, Kirk Cousins right now is one of the best game-managing quarterbacks. There is. He, he just is. He's off back-to-back games under 190 yards, but it's done three touchdowns, no picks on the season has a 16 to two touchdown interception ratio. Very, very good at taking care of the ball. So I think if we could force him into making some mistakes, uh, I think that was going to be key for us. Interesting 
statistic on PFF. He's PFF's third highest graded quarterback. Efficient. Taking what's in, yeah, he's taking what's in front of him. 16 to 2 touchdown interception ratio. That's cooking. I mean, and the yards aren't really there, but efficient. Uh, you can't take Super that efficient, away. Protects the ball, has two elite wide receivers on his team. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson is one of the better slot players in, in the NFL right now. He's super young. He's super hungry. And he just has a knack for getting open. He's a really good route runner. I mm-hmm. think that the Chargers are going to be tested in their secondary quite a bit this week because while everybody's eyes are on Dalvin Cook, you can't you can't forget that they have two really good wide receivers there. Uh, and then Dal- Dalvin Cook, I mean, I know his stats are a little bit down this, this year, it's because teams are so keyed in on Delvin Cook because he's a he is a premier running back in in the NFL. Really? But you can't lose sight that they this is a this is a good team. They this are. is a good offense. They they move the ball very well, very efficiently, and they have a, a quarterback who, I mean, we keep talking about. It. He's a really good game manager. He's not the type of player to just take over a game. But Kirk Cousin has been outperforming what everybody thinks that he is. And I, I love that for him. Washington. I love that for him because, yeah, nobody, no, we all writ, we all wrote Kirk Cousins off in our own time. But I think it's 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 time to admit that we were a little wrong. Yeah, is he elite? No, but he's very good. And I think there's a lot of very very bad quarterbacks in the league right now. So take what you take what you get. And um, Vikings have a pretty good quarterback in in Kirk Cousins. I mean. Yeah, I honestly in most most games I'm I'm talking about like let's take away the run it's the weakness to to our team. I don't think that's what we have to do this week. I think we're going to play the pass. And while I don't expect Kirk Cousins to go for 400 yards, 500 yards, I definitely see him going for, you know, over 300. I I I he's done it multiple times this season. He's he's a good quarterback. Capable. And you I, that's my matchup that I want to take away. It's going to be our corners keying in on Kirk Cousins and trying to take away Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as much as you can. Well, and that's interesting that that's your your matchup because I'm very focused on Cousins. And I think with the injuries we have to our cornerback room, I'm going to let the corners slow down the passing game, but I'm not going to put it on them to slow it, to disrupt it. And for me to disrupt a game manager like Cousins, you need to get in his face with some pass rush pressure and keep him off kiltered. So what I'm looking at, I'm really excited to see this Christian Derrissaw versus Joey Bosa matchup. You know, Derrissaw, like we said, guy we really like coming out of the draft. I, I could have, I would have went to Vegas and put money that that would have been our pick at 13. Luckily, didn't have to. We got Slater, and one day we're going to get our parade. Still. That doesn't take any thoughts away from Derrissaw uh, that I have on Derrissaw. I think he is a good player. He had a rough, you know, start to his the, his career. Missed his first three games um, with an injury, but I thought he's playing very, very well since entering the lineup. Um, and I think it's it, important to where I think he's excelling. He's allowed only four pressures, one sack on 143 pass block snaps. That was like his biggest knock, right? We were saying, ah, he's a big guy. He's a run blocker. He's not going to be a great pass blocker at the NFL. Level, there's a lot talk about moving him to the right side as a right tackle because of that. I think he's playing really well uh, against the pass, especially against the talent he's faced, right? The Vikings have played the Panthers, the Cowboys, and the Ravens the past three weeks. Those are some talented defense, 
I thought Darisaw played well. None of those teams have Joey Bosa on their team. No. And I'm still still waiting for a dominant takeover performance. You know, the lack of production from the rest of the pass rushers have allowed teams to double double Bosa, even chip block them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, still, I'm waiting for that dominant game. And I, I, I why not take advantage of your matchup on a rookie left tackle? That's what I want to see. I'm predicting at least one and a half sacks from Big Bear this week. I want a big show-out game. He hasn't had more than one in a game this year. I say we get after Kirk Cousins, force him into at least making one turnover, and I think that starts with Joey Bosa in the pass rush. Defensively, uh, we talked about them being banged up, but it really hasn't deterred this defense from playing like a top unit. PFF has them as the sixth highest graded defense, and they don't yeah. really have – too many like superstars that are playing out of their mind. I mean, if you're looking at just across their depth chart, uh, Harrison Smith, who's their best player on defense, is out. Daniel Hunter is out. They have a really, really good defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, and, mm-hmm. and Everson Griffin has been at the top of his game for a long time too. But this, this, you can take advantage of this defense. Uh, Cameron Dantzler. He's been a very good cover three corner coming out of college, but he's not the, the fastest or most athletic player. He's a good player. Nick Vigil is listed as their, their starting weak side linebacker. We're familiar with Nick. Um, I, I think you can take advantage of this defense because, one, I think it's very young. Uh, you know, Patrick Jones, Cameron Dantzler, um, they, they, they have some – Quality linebackers. I, I really like Eric Kendricks as one of the better middle linebackers. The linebacking in the core is nice. I do it like is the nice. Core. Anthony Barr, uh, you know, Nick Vigil is starting as their weak side linebacker, but Chesserat was, you know, a, a pretty highly thought of uh, player coming out of the draft out of North Carolina, I believe. And then Troy Dye, you, they have a good transition of or rotation of linebackers there. I get why they're they're playing very well. I think they're very well coached as well. But I don't think, especially in their secondary with Harrison Smith not playing, that's that's the strongest unit in, in the secondary. I think you can take advantage of this uh, this secondary because um, I, I feel like they're not that great with Harrison Smith not being able to u- utilize that leadership out there on the field. Well, uh, what I think makes – the Vikings defense scary is they don't necessarily have that one baller on defense kind of leading the charge. They all kind of collectively come together. And I think that's what's, uh, you know, that works for them. They play as a team, all 11 of them, um, regardless of personnel groupings, they're all playing on the same page. And I think that's what makes them legit defense. You know, they couldn't quite pull it off against the Ravens, but they took them all the way to the wire. OT, they played them much better than we did. You know, they had a legit yeah. chance at winning that game when we never did. I really thought a big part of their success um, in that Ravens game was their pass defense. You know, forced Lamar Jackson into two interceptions. They sacked him three times, hit him a total of eight times. Um, I really think their pass defense is much, much better than their run defense. You know, they rank top 10 in opponent QB rating with an 88.8. Hold teams to the fourth lowest completion percentage on the year and have really, really been coming on strong the last three games, holding teams to a 56% completion rate, the second lowest in the league during those three games. So it, it's one of those strength-on-strength strength matchups um, that I just think football 
makes football one of the most fun sports to watch, right? They, I think, are a strong pass defense. We love to air it out, so something's got to give. I, I think we get another big day from the Chargers passing attack. Um, I think we're better. But I, I, I don't think you should sleep on the Vikings' pass defense. I think it's a legit unit. That's interesting. I didn't know that they had that that low of a completion percentage allowed. That's, that is really interesting. And, you know, I think one of their big strengths, their defense, they got a lot of guys there that have played together for a long time. And that's I mean, what Eric, I was talking about. They're that yeah. chemistry, they and they like playing with each other. They're there for each other. That's a team. I mean, look at Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Nick Vigil, Ederson yeah. Griffin, Daniel Hunter. All those guys have played together a long time together. Like, yeah. that is a close group. And it, it seemed like two seasons ago, they completely blew up their roster. They had, like, one of the worst free agency periods I had seen in a long time. And, well, and you know, and thank you because we got Linville out of that that whole fiasco. So they did. Uh, they, will they, came back stronger. Against... they did. They they're, came they're back stronger. stronger. What do you think is the the main takeaway? What is the the matchup that you want to to try to take advantage of if it's not their secondary? So, well, I think our ability to pass the ball that's going to be very very important. But I think the Chargers offense, we are at our best when Eckler is a big part of our offense. When we can find success on the ground, I think it just makes us less predictable. And I think it just makes us, in effect, just more dangerous, right? You got less things to keyhole on. Um, Being less less predictable as an offense is just better. I think Eckler should be due for another big day because the Vikings run defense, it isn't very good. Um, one of the worst that we have faced in a long time. They're giving up 136 rushing yards a game, third worst mark in the league. Last time we faced a team with similar lack of production against the run, week four against the Raiders. Since then, we've faced much better run defenses. But if you remember back to the Raider game, Eckler had one of his best performances on the ground of his career. Went off for 117 yards, averaged 7.8 yards per carry. Major factor. The Vikings have been struggling to stop the run since, you know, while our offensive line seems to be hitting its stride, right? We were talking that it's going to take a little while for this offensive line to click. I think we see them gelling right now. They've been having fantastic games the last couple of weeks. So, and really been fantastic in the trenches. So I think if those big guys keep, you know, developing these holes for Eckler to run through, he's going to have a big game Sunday. They gave up nearly 250 yards on the ground this past weekend. It's the Ravens. They are a lot, you know, run-centered more than our offense, but I don't see why we shouldn't have similar success in the times we do actually decide to run. I say get Eckler going early. It allows our pass defense, it allows our pass offense to develop, and I, I, I just think big day for Eckler on the ground because um, the run defense is not very good. I guess looking at it from a, a statistics point of view, looking at it from an analytics point of view, maybe maybe the game plan is to go run heavy. But still, I'm looking at Brashad Breeland and all the big games Mike Williams has had against the Chiefs matched up. Breeland's struggling, struggling then, this year. He's their most you, targeted DB, and for a reason. People have tremendous success when they uh, target Breeland in this defense. So knowing that that's a matchup that you've exploited before in the past, that you know Mike Williams, Keenan Allen have both had big games in, in Kansas City against Breeland, knowing that Harrison Smith, who is one of the best safeties in the entire NFL, knowing that yeah. he's out, knowing that Breland and Dantzler are both questionable, 
Harrison Han is questionable. No Patrick Peterson. I mean, this secondary is starting to look really, really depleted. And while they have played the pass as a unit pretty well, I don't know. Maybe you want to test some of those those questionable players. Test them deep. Test them on you know little outs or or some of those more complicated route concepts, and see if you could take advantage of that. Well, and I, you know, I'm a very analytical person. You know, just by nature, I like to look at the numbers. But there's a there's a, a point where you can't look at the numbers anymore because something's got to change. They're not going to always be as productive, especially without those players that you mentioned. So if there is a day to attack them in the past, it's going to be this week. Still, I like our chances on the ground as well. The reason I like Eckler as the focus is because I don't necessarily want to give him more than I really only want to give him like eight or nine carries. I just want it developed. So it's not just a one dimensional offense. We're going to pass, 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 right? That, and that's so, kind of why I'm focused on that particular matchup. So what's your score prediction? So I really think, I don't think we're close to blowing out teams. Um, you know, I keep, I, every week I feel like I keep doing a, a two score game and it's just not been going in my I, favor. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't think this is the week we blow out a team. Um, like I said, I have a lot of respect for the Vikings. I think they're a legit team. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a 28, 20 is kind of what I have going on. Uh, not quite a one score game, but kind of. Um, I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be one of those games that w- even if we do win by two touchdowns, it's going to be one of those games where it comes down to the wire. And if we do pull it out by more than two scores, it's 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 still going to be very, very close the entire game. Both teams are going to have multiple chances to pull it off. I like... I like Justin Herbert in a six-minute offense. If we get the ball with a lead or at least tied with six minutes or less, game over. Chargers take me to victory brisket town. I'm going to go a close game as well. Let me go with like a 24-27 with mm. a, a last-minute drive that gets us into field goal position. We, we take another, another, another uh, you know, as time expires, field goal. I think that the... The Vikings are going to move the ball. Uh, I already said that I think that Kirk Cousins is going to go for probably like 325. Uh, I'll give him three touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson was going to get two uh, just himself. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a problem for sure. I don't think that they're going to focus so much on on the run because Dalvin Cook isn't having the best season right now. He's also dealing with a lot of off-field issues. Maybe that's in his brain a little bit, uh, taking him out of his his game a little bit. Uh, on offense, I'm going to say Justin Herbert has another big game through the air. I'm going to give him like – I'm going to give him a lot. He hasn't had a 400-yard passing game in a long, a long time. 350. Uh, yeah, he's been under 350. He's gotten over 350, I think, once. Let's give him a 400-yard game this week. Let's go. Love it. Let's go 412, uh, three touchdowns, um, and he's going to complete over 75% of his passes. I think that this secondary is a little banged up. Uh, no Harrison Smith again. I keep pointing that out because that's important. That's huge. This game. Well, and that that is their superstar, right? Um, yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, he, he's one of their best players, if not their best player. So let's let's go ahead and give Justin Herbert a, a big game. 
I'm, I'm ready for it. We haven't had a 400-yard passing game out of him. I don't know if we've ever had a 400-yard passing game out of him. I, I believe we have, but let's just, you know, let's resort get it. to uh, Google University here. That's what's and, great about Google. And you know what? One more thing. So, like, Justin Herbert isn't even in the running for MVP right now. And I feel like this yeah. is where he starts to gain some momentum on that. I know Tom Brady is heavily favorited because Tom Brady is not playing like he's 43 years old at all. Super efficient no. passer. And he's his his touchdown interception ratio right now is ridiculous. And I feel like I feel like it's not over. Like that MVP race, it, it can still happen. And I, I think this is gonna be these next couple of games you're gonna see that steam start to really pick up. This is the weak part of the Chargers schedule. This is where Justin Herbert has I'm gonna give him like four in a row, 300 yard passing games because he needs he needs to go big these next couple weeks if he has any hope of winning me that $1,600 bet I put down in. Uh, I didn't put down a $1,600 bet. I put a hundred dollar bet for him to win MVP, and I I want to win that. So Justin, bring it home for me. So he hasn't thrown for 400 yard game, but it looks like me and you, Tyler, might be a good luck charm because his highest output of his career was that Cleveland Brown game that we went to 398 yards through the air. Almost not quite. Um, So he's close. Hasn't quite done it, but 400 happening this week. You heard it here first folks. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. You know what? If you're going to throw for 400 yards, you have to have at least four touchdowns that gives them, that gives them 20. Uh, and then, you know what, let's give them a field goal. So I'm going to change it to 28-31 Chargers All because right. it's going to be a close game. It's going to be close. I, I Yeah, I like it. I mean, we're in the win column, baby. Top of the AFC West, week eight. I, I, I think this is as, you know, I, I didn't, three weeks in, I thought we were going to be, you know, undefeated at this point. I think before the season started, I think this was best case scenario coming into week. What are we nine now? Week ten. Yeah, week nine. This is this is like I said. This is where we start to gain that momentum going into the playoffs. This is the easy part of our schedule. Uh, I feel like and then, and we, we shrugged off a lot of our issues early in the season. All the penalties we were having. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I feel like this is where we start to pick up some of that steam. We're still relatively healthy overall. We don't have any real major injuries to any key players right no Keenan Allen didn't practice but it's not like I haven't heard anything super concerning uh we do have Brian Bulaga hopefully coming back in the next couple of weeks so maybe we get a little more healthy on the offensive line maybe that helps our our right guard out a little bit there um I, I feel like we're gaining steam as we head into this back half of the season we are you know we are I mean I I think we're very close, and I think this is a good place to be. Not having some success, not quite hitting your stride, knowing you can be better, it's a great place to be midway through the season. While we have a favorable schedule coming up and a lot of division games, I want to finish strong against this division because that's going to be key. Um, Because all all four of these teams in this AFC West are are legit. I know the Chiefs are struggling. The Broncos are a good team. The Raiders are a good team. We got some good competition coming down the stretch. I like to see us, you know, take care of business. 
It's been way too long since we won an AFC West championship. I and we're right it. there. We're right there in position to do it Taste with it. a struggling Chiefs team, with a Broncos dealing – or not the Broncos, the Raiders dealing with all of these so issues. Cool. They just let released another corner. Um, they're, they, they got a lot of off-the-field issues going on with that organization. Um, then we'll see what happens with the Broncos. I think, you know, the Broncos are they're, – they're not – they're not a Super Bowl caliber team, but they have a Super Bowl caliber defense. We've talked about it before. We should be playing them here very soon, but they're not the cream of the crop in the AFC West. We're, we're definitely in the running and have a legit chance for the first time since, I want to say, like 2012 that we've won the, the division. Has it been that long? I mean, geez, I can't remember the last time, so you know, I'd have to take your word for it. Either way, way too long. Our chances have never been better. I think is what we want to, you know, hammer in. This is this is the year we gotta take it. You gotta take. You gotta give. You know, take advantage of opportunities that are presented to yourself. I don't think we're ever gonna see this Chiefs team struggle like it's struggling right now. So let's take advantage of that. Last terrible stat for you before we let you go: the Chargers terrible. have not won the AFC West since two thousand nine. That's Whoa. an eleven year streak that we need to break. And I know we've made the playoffs a handful of times throughout there, but this last decade has been terrible. And this next decade has something to play for, something exciting. We got ourselves a a young stud at quarterback, uh, a stud head coach, um, a a roster that is young. We have salary cap in the future. We're going to be all right. Any questions on Mark Zach? No, honestly, I guess all I'm going to say is out of all the teams in the AFC West, we for sure have the most promising future ahead of us, I, I would say. Um, Absolutely. Right now in the short term, I, I think, you know, we, yeah, all, yeah, we have the best chance. So let's make it happen. It's been way too long, 2009. Not a fan of that. Come on. We got, we got Charger fans that have watched their, our, their, this team their entire lives without an AFC West championship. Let's do it for the young ones. It starts this weekend with a big win against the Vikings. Let's get a big win. Thank you guys so much for leaving, listening to us. Leave us a review. Uh, also, congrats to the guy from Brazil who won the Hunter Henry giveaway that I got yeah. handed out. And I'll get that out to you here this weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Over and out. underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs i've ever worn if you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight sheath is for you the most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body you see their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture wicking technology they're super soft keep everything cool and comfortable and right in place sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out 
Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART.